Welcome and happy Friday. This is Travelog, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler, and I am here in the Condé Nast podcast studios with David Jeffries and Megan Spirell, who are both editors for Traveler, and we have the triumphant return of Mark Elwood. <laughs> have you been is, waiting for me? <laughs> well, no. Of course we've been waiting for you. Uh, Mark is well known to podcast listeners, uh, but he hasn't been on in a little while. He's been traveling, <laughs> strangely enough. <laughs> Um, but it's nice to be so, here. It's nice to be here. Often I'm dialing in from some weird airport, and it's so nice to sit here with a cocktail with all of you. Nice rum cocktails. Yes, and, uh, and uh, I'm Brad Rickman. Uh, I always forget <laughs> to say that. I just assume everybody knows from the sound of my voice. Our theme today is going to be the Caribbean and hurricane season, and so we are appropriately enough drinking Mount Gay Barbados rum. You want to you want to describe the provenance of the Barbados rum? Where did you get this rum, Megan? This rum is actually from Miss Universe Barbados, who passed through our offices the other day. And I came out of that meeting with a great uh, rum punch recipe. And um, I took a picture next to her that was very unfortunate for me. (laughs) That's the selfie that you don't take. Yes, yes, it was a mistake. You pretend to take that selfie. (laughs) Was not good. (laughs) Okay, so I have a, a question to set the stage for everybody. When is hurricane season? When does it start? When does it finish? Uh, September and October are the main uh, months uh, to, to be wary of traveling to areas that are prone to hurricanes. It's basically once our summer ends, so Labor Day, hurricane season really kicks in. And September, October are the times you really have to pay attention. Often there will be hurricanes outside those two windows because Mother Nature doesn't follow our calendar. But that's a good approximation. September, October, but keep your eyes in August and November. I've always been confused about this, so forgive the naivete of this, but we just heard about a a hurricane in the Pacific, and I always thought that they were called typhoons in the Pacific and hurricanes in the Atlantic, and yet we had a hurricane. Um, That's a great question, Brad. And I, you know, I don't know. I wonder if any of our listeners can tell us why Hawaii gets hurricanes rather than typhoons. Because I thought the rule was Australia gets typhoons. Exactly. The rule was if Japan gets typhoons. There's like some line that's beyond Hawaii, but before Japan, they spin the other way. That's the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon. Oh, so it's there's some imaginary northern dotted hemisphere. line where this change is happening. No, it can't be northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere because no, no, it's like a, the date line, get them the to date the east line. coast of Africa. But, it, but again, facts. I think we should throw this out. I, I know that our listeners are, they've saved me. I, I always remember a great listener who explained to me why San Francisco's weather is good in September and October. Please tell <laughs> us about what those hurricane rules are because I don't know, and I wondered why Hawaii was having a hurricane. So thank you for bringing that up, Brad. Okay, I think it's date line. <laughs> I'm happy date to line. happy to service date. you with my ignorance. Yeah, we think it's the date. I'm line putting here. my money on yeah. the Dateline. Yes, because so, tweet at us. Hit India. Tell us. Tweet at us. <laughs> is, Tell us it, if we're right is or wrong. Is Megan right? Is it the Dateline? Anyone want to put some money on it? Or as a as a follow up to to what Mark was saying, this is the time to keep an eye on weather maps and weather reports. There is a storm brewing out in the Atlantic. These storms form off of West Africa, Dakar, and they come flying off through Cape Verde, and you really won't know until they're about halfway, a little bit more across open seas, what they're up to. There's one out there right now, and if it is named, it will be called Florence. <laughs> they have the name in reserve. Oh, every year they determine the names alphabetically, and for especially bad ones, they retire the name. And there's, a very inter- there's some very like interesting numbers. science about how hurricanes used to only have female names, and then they introduced male and female names. But Sexism persists because Mm -hmm. people respond to warnings about threatening hurricanes with male names 
more assiduously and more reactively than they do to female Wouldn't men. you? Do if, they if, if, really? Yes. yes. Think about Hurricane Bob. That was one of the very first male bad hurricanes that hit Florida. And then think about Hurricane Irma. <laughs> I mean, you're saying Bob is scarier than, than Irma? For what, whatever well, it unless is. Unless Bob and Irma were married. And it was, it was, it, <laughs> no, it was but what, a, whatever it is, it's, it is that we are still sexist in terms of the yes. way we respond to the naming. And mm-hmm. so a lot of studies have been done about how to make sure that people don't minimize the danger from Category 5 hurricanes that happen to be have female names like Irma or Camille. Yeah. Camille's very People gentle. will respond less worriedly to that. I find Bob the least threatening of nope. all. Yeah, maybe if, the, if they're all, Perhaps you know, that says something about my relationship <laughs> with SpongeBob. <laughs> or SpongeBob. Um, but, but no, but, but just to be clear for people, you know, for yeah. the record, the naming of the hurricane has nothing to do with the strength of the hurricane. Is once that correct? Once it becomes a tropical storm, it's generally assigned a name. And but then that, once that it has it, nothing to do with whether it gets a male name or a female no, name. They're just going through that list that they've yeah, set yeah, for the just, season. They will alternate between male and female names on the list, and they will often cycle through Francophone, Anglophone, and Spanish-y kind of names. So that they will... Spanish-ish? Well, I mean, because there will often be names that you won't realize are Spanish. The, the French ones will tend to be Camille, yeah. so they feel very distinctive. Yeah. Um, but they they tend to honor those three sort of global languages. And that list is predetermined before hurricane season. And they do recycle names. If a hurricane hasn't caused particular damage or any loss of life, that name will be put back into the pot and can be pulled back out. If it causes major damage, Andrew, Irma, it will be retired out of respect for the people who died. Okay. And what is the threshold that the storm has to cross in order to earn a name? Category one. So it has to be the lowest category grade. One. You can get get up to five as as high as it goes. Yes, um, and what is the category? Do you know what I know? You, Wind you speeds. Guys are, yes, you guys are not meteorologists. We have the teeth for it. We have the teeth for it. Beautiful Seventy-five miles per hour or over. That's a good question. I, what I would say is I've always learned that categories one and two are somewhat stand upable in. So if you were caught in that wind. You would probably stay vertical if you were a young, fit person. Category three, you start to have to take real uh, cover. And my friends who went through category five, Irma in St. Martin last year, the buildings were shaking and threatening to give way, even though they were in concrete boxes. So it goes from category one, where you could probably stand up and it would muss up your hair and be a bit stressful, to category five, where even the buildings are going to be ripped away and you'll be left with swimming pools. Yeah, okay. So the season has begun. We're at the very beginning. September and October are going to be the worst months. But people still want to go to the Caribbean. This is shoulder season in the Mm -hmm. Caribbean. That means that fares are good, rates are good. And so how would we suggest people go about thinking about a trip to the Caribbean at this time of year? First of all, keeping an eye on, as I said just earlier, the maps. Once a hurricane is named, you cannot buy insurance for your trip. Well, I was going to say, let's, let's, pull it, insur- let's pull it back. Let's yes, pull it back. Okay. Before we talk about that, Megan, I know you had some points about when you're planning a trip and thinking about a trip, things to bear in mind. And that's probably a good thing to start before we think about insurance. Well, yeah, I think what you can do is there are like, you know, if you're plotting a trip that could be in a month or in two months, um, there are certain islands that historically do experience like the hurricanes hit them, whether it's a category one or a bunch, a series of storms or the category fours and fives. And there are some islands that typically are not on the path. 
And I think those are the islands where you can book a trip right in the middle of hurricane season and get a similar, you know, Caribbean experience, do the same types of things. And, you know, the chances are you won't you won't have a problem whether you're buying insurance or not. So like Barbados, where our rum is from. That's Cheers. one of those. Cheers, Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Um, you know, they're historically not hit by hurricanes. If you go a little bit further down, you get like Curacao, Mark, you had a few. Aruba, Aruba. Yeah. They're typically not getting hit. You might have some rain, but you're not going to, you know, it's it's a different experience. Um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines is a, is a lovely option that, that's Ooh. very far south, south of Grenada. I didn't um, realize St. Vincent and the Grenadines usually escaped. that far south. Interesting. I yeah. And the easiest way to get there is through Barbados. It's not... not. So you could do Barbados and St. Vincent and the yeah. Grenadines. You could have Mustique. Yeah, that's amazing. And then yeah. you'll feel really fabulous in hurricane season because yeah. it'll be cheaper so you get access to Mustique. Well, and I think, like, what I, I've noticed when I've looked at flights during that time is they're kind of all cheaper. Like, all the flights are a little bit cheaper than otherwise, even though Barbados isn't going to get be hit. Most people don't realize that, so they either have no concept of hurricane season at all, and they think, oh, great flight, I'm just going to go anywhere. And then they have a rude awakening, or people, you know, they know that, and they're able to find these ones, like Barbados, and take advantage of cheap flights where other people just think, oh, it must be part of hurricane season, I can't go. And if you know which islands are typically safe, you can take advantage of all those low fares, fewer travelers, and then, you know, be in the Caribbean. Yeah, and also and further, much further north, people forget about Jamaica and Grand Cayman and yes, Cayman absolutely. Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, which are not in the hurricane path? They're far enough south and they're protected by Hispaniola and Haiti, and by Haiti and Dominican Republic um, and, so, and Cuba. They've got a bit of a barrier there. You basically, if you look at if you look at a map of the Caribbean, the islands which are in the northeast of that bow-shaped uh, arrangement, they're the breakwater for the rest of mm-hmm. the Caribbean. Yep. So it hits them. Poor Antigua and Barbuda really devastated. Barbuda, in particular, really devastated by hurricanes last season because of where it is. But it also acts as a windbreak mm-hmm. for the islands that are a little further west. I was going to say there are destinations that are coastally Caribbean, like Correct. Colombia, Mexico, right? Mexico. so you, you can get that, at least a version of that Caribbean experience, but they are rarely in the path of hurricanes, are rarely hit by hurricanes. Well, and that's why when you're going down to like like Panama or the coast of Colombia or, you know, in a different, different political climate, Venezuela and yeah. the Curacao's that are right off those coasts, like you're in the Caribbean, you have the bright water, the white sand, mm. the rum drinks, whatever, and you don't, you're not anywhere near Puerto Rico and these other places that are right in the main path. I'd say Belize as well. Don't forget about Belize. Mm. Belize is the Central American country that is weirdly somehow always left off a mental map. English speaking, the coast is like the Maldives, you know, beautiful reefs, incredible sand. I I went down there on vacation maybe 20 years ago and it was one of my most memorable vacations. South of Belize, no sand flies in the sand. Uh, Kia Corker and the more famous diving areas, the sandflies are quite bad. So if you want to lie on the beach, go to the south. Very affordable, very much off hurricane, off the hurricane path. And they speak English. So you also have the ability to really, if you're not a foreign, if you don't speak Spanish or French, it's a great way of going to Central America and really kind of getting to know people. Yeah, and my wife was down there recently and said that she felt like there was a lot of investment in Belize right now. So a lot of new properties bad word to use. I know a lot of new hotels, a lot of new resorts that are sort of cutting edge, getting really good restaurants, really good bar scenes. Um, And so Belize is a great place to look at. Okay, let's say you already have a trip booked Mm -hmm. and suddenly a storm appears. 
what should you do at that point? Well, to, to Megan's point, I think what you should do, even if you're booking two or three months out, is ask the hotel that you're using if they have a hurricane insurance policy. Oh, that's interesting. Um, From the hotel? Yes. Not everyone is doing it, but it is an option following last year that's become more prevalent. If you bought a policy from the hotel, so if you they have a hurricane guarantee basically, so you Mm -hmm. will be refunded X amount of. But it wouldn't cover your flights and things like that. Airlines all have their own separate rules. So there's two there's two things you want to do. So first, you want to figure out where you're going and where is not in a hurricane path. Ideally, find your great flights, book the trip, go. As soon as you book your flight, you should go on and find your own travel insurance policy. Like, yep. it, it's much more important if you're going to one of the islands typically hit. But, but even never if you're tra- not, never yeah, travel without travel exactly. insurance. I was going to say, we, we typically, anyway. av- but we also know that people don't do it. So let's give people a little yeah. bit of a. Of this a, the, yeah, okay, this well, is a good option. And also, the highest you can get is something called CFAR, which is cancel for any reason. I love that one. I love that one. <laughs> um, of course, it'll be, it can only be purchased within 20 days of your initial travel. Well, what you can also do is, okay, when I started, I went to Puerto Rico in July, which is the very, you know, technically the start of hurricane season. Um, it's not, you're not really getting any of that at Wait, all. we just said it was September. It technically starts in July. Yeah. It okay. technically starts in July. Okay. We Runs have light November. shower. November. Technically, when does no, it end? End of November. November. End of November. So it's technically. July. Technically. Okay. Um, but that's what we were saying. September and October are really when the hurricanes are happening. We had random showers for 20 minutes in the afternoon, but it's hurricane season. Right. Like, in, you know, but it's, that's a different thing. If you're going in September or October to any of these places, or anytime you're traveling, you want travel insurance, like something that I found that was really great when I was waiting through all of it is insuremytrip.com on their site. You can go in, you can put in details of your trip. They compare plans from all these different websites. And basically anything under the comprehensive plans tab covers hurricane travel. So In, cover- And it's insuremytrip.com because I'm sh- I know yeah. every time I've talked about travel insurance on this podcast it's the thing I've been tweeted about the most. <laughs> so because I think people are a little overwhelmed by it and don't know what to do. Oh, it's so, so overwhelming. I love that. So insuremytrip.com yes, is where you start to compare to, to compare. compare. To compare. So they policies. pull they you know they pull a bunch of different travel insurance plans from all the main providers, which I don't know those names, but other people do and I hear that they pull all the great ones and you can go under comprehensive plans, which will cover your trip in case of a hurricane. And there are basically like three fields you want to look for. So you have trip cancellation field, which means they'll cover your trip if a hurricane is announced and then you have to cancel. They'll do trip interruption coverage, which means if you're on the trip and there's a hurricane, they'll send you home. And travel delay, which is, you know, you're in the middle of the trip and your flights are canceled because of a hurricane, maybe somewhere completely different. You want all three of those things and you want to look under the comprehensive plans tab and that basically anything there on a site like insuremytrip.com you you know that you'll be covered if there's a hurricane and i would also add beware of the insurance you know when you book a flight from an airline oh, i was website, just gonna oh. ask about this because yes you and get they the little say, they offer are you sure you don't want this travel insurance and yes. it's like a sort of it's like a guilt-inducing mother saying yes. you oh. haven't called are you yes. sure you don't want to insure your 800 dollars flight that you just purchased mm-hmm. if you don't click this you're gonna lose all 800 dollars in the event of a storm and you're like wait I don't want that. And it's terrifying. Those policies are among the least comprehensive in the industry. Okay, good to know. So never, ever, ever buy your travel insurance from your airline. Yes, they're not required by law to reimburse. It's the discretion of the company. 
Okay. By law. Most people think there's but, some law. But, but it isn't, law. sometimes it isn't the airline themselves who are insuring you. They are brokering for Allianz sure, but or you never, one of the no, other. Are they even? Whatever you think, How it, remember, go to insuremytrip.com. You can open two windows at the same time. You can book by the insurance while you've still got your booking underway. Mm-hmm. Never get your insurance from the same person who sold you your flight. Okay. It just It's as simple as yeah. that. Okay. Good, yeah. good to know. And, a, was, and a nerdy fact here for people who are on cruises. If you oh, are going to an point. area, San Juan, Miami, and there's the threat of a storm, you we've all seen it happen. All the airports shut down and you you're gonna miss your your you're gonna miss your cruise boarding. So miss I think it's called missed connection benefit is another small yeah, fine print I, thing to, to watch out if you're getting even if the cruise is going nowhere near a hurricane, well, it, it, the flights because may be you're boarding in a hurricane zone. Uh, no, because or the ship a, could be delayed somewhere else. Yeah, it's okay. Another, okay, it covers you yeah. no matter what. Yeah, and okay. That's a really I'll, good one for cruise passengers. What I'll say is, when you're on Insure My Trip, because again, I'm one of those people who doesn't want to read any of the fine print. I hate those thirty lines of things that I have to try and understand. They like when you first start typing, it's like, where are you going? What days? Is this a cruise or not a cruise? Mm-hmm. Is there? It are you staying at a hotel? It, it, it's just like. Four monkeys like me, anyone can do it. It's great. I would also suggest, I did a story for the uh, for the site in the wake of the hurricane season last year about a new service, which if you are a nervous traveler or you travel a lot to unexpected destinations, it's called Closed Circle. And it's 225 bucks a year per person. Sounds like a lot, but if I tell you what Closed Circle does for you, it feels a lot less. <laughs> You will find that, as I learned during hurricane season last year, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, I was trying to get some friends out of St. Martin who were stuck there. They could not be evacuated, and their their travel insurance did not cover evacuation other than, say, $1,000 worth towards your plane ticket. Closed Circle not only monitors scenarios that are happening across the world and sends you email alerts, it keeps an eye on you. There's a giant board at its London headquarters with a little beep where the app is open or the app is installed. The app runs on minimal power. It doesn't drain your battery at all. If you are trapped in a disaster zone and the company that backs Closed Circle Drum Cossack, which is a globally recognized emergency firm, believes you need evacuating, you will be evacuated for free because they have deals with the insurance companies that when they say, no, people need evacuating, they'll take care of it. And I think if you are a nervous traveler and you're going during hurricane season or you're taking a couple of trips, maybe to more exotic locations that you're a little intimidated by, that to me is like a really good security, like a literal security blanket. I've used it. I've trialed it. I've been so impressed. And they don't pay me to say this. I've just, I think it's really interesting. I've been so impressed. Maybe with they the, will now. Exactly. <laughs> I'd like to be the close circle spokesperson. <laughs> the, you know, they send you alerts of things that are happening nearby and say there'll be big demonstrations in downtown New York today you know, please be aware if you're going out. And I find that super reassuring. And in a hurricane zone, it is magic. And so do they, what was the price again? Mark? It's 225 per person. Per year? There, there, per year. There is a family plan that's more, you know, it's scalable. Yeah, yeah. You have to think of it as about 200 bucks a person. Okay. It's not cheap. But I do think for nervous travelers, and I think we all know people who are kind of nervous travelers who tend to worry about everything. It's a really good reassurance. It's extra, extra insurance. But it's also, you know, for that level of service, it's not that much more expensive depending on how much you travel. If you travel frequently and buy insurance, as you should, 
you can get it for less than that, but you won't get that level of service, and it'll still be relatively expensive. Like the of course, and also you know, I one of the when I met with the company and I was talking to them about it, they said you know, if you're sending your kid abroad for a few months in a gap year or something, you could buy this for your kid and monitor them in the nicest possible way. You're keeping an eye, <laughs> but you can also <laughs> say, but you can also say to them, this is the ripcord you pull yeah. if there's an emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great. Yeah, and they also store your information. Um, sensitively on a Luddite uh, level always 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 please write down your passport number expiration date country of issue credit card numbers health insurance numbers email them to yourself if you have a secure site or pop them in the cloud or give them to a a trusted family member or friend at home Um, so many people get into trouble when they have no documentation yeah. Uh, for whatever reasons, floodings, uh, they just lose them, luggage is lost, things like that can happen. Yeah. And it's such a peace of mind to you know, photocopy of, even though Xerox machines still exist. No, but we can do it, print it out, take a photograph of your passport. Yeah, and scan it. it, it I'm sorry, scan, scan it. Home. Yes. That, I think that's another a sort of personal insurance you can take yeah. whenever you're traveling anywhere. Just have hard copies of things because... Yeah. Devices can go astray, you can run out of power. Banks are going to be closed, ATMs won't be working, credit cards won't go through, Wi-Fi won't be working a lot. So it, it's it's just a sensible, it takes 10 minutes of your life to, to do that. And something else, I'm going to go back a second, but we talked about hurricane insurance. The other thing that David mentioned was um, these hurricane guarantees from hotels, <laughs> and that's a newer thing. It's not everywhere. Like We've spoken to a bunch of different places, and only some hotels advertise this, but it's a lot of the places that were impacted last year during the big hurricanes. And they'll say on their site, okay, we have a hurricane guarantee. If before you come here, there's a storm coming and you want to cancel, we'll refund 75% of your stay or all the stay. They kind of give you flexibility in the booking. Again, if you're on the ground, a storm comes, you're going to need your hurricane insurance to get you out, but or close circle or something else. But, you know, some of them are starting to do that now because they want people to book. And like, you know, something that I've harped on forever to everyone here is like these islands do need tourism. Oh, and we amen, can't just stop amen, going. Amen, like, amen, amen. Well, this is where I, this is what I was going to say Absolutely. is, look, we started from we started with the worst possible, you know, sort of scenario. The truth of the matter is that the chances are you will not run into any problem at all. Right. That's Frankly. it's the exception, not the rule. So let's talk a little bit about some destinations that people could be looking at. We've already talked about some that are out of the path. Mm-hmm. But before we you, do, I just want to say again, I want to say again, Megan's point is super important. Remember, these countries' economies are now very, very tourism dependent. And one of the best things you can do if you feeling for what for them for what happened is spend some Which dollars there. Everyone should. Should. <laughs> yeah. And we if you adjust your expectations and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to expect this resort to be flawless. However, you you shouldn't feel guilty going. They need us to go. We should be going. We should be saying, "Yep, we want to keep traveling here." So, if you take anything away from this episode, please take that away. Yeah. I mean, well, did people stop going to New York, Miami, this, New Orleans, no, and Houston? No, but this is my point. This, I want to talk got hit about by hurricanes. Some, yeah, I want to talk about some of these places. That's yeah. why that we now we get we did the bad we, we scared the hell out of everybody. Now let's no, come, let's, bring it, let's bring it back yeah, yeah. And, and and sort of talk about some of the places that they can go including some places that where you do have to pay extra attention. You do have to pay attention to the weather reports. You do have to look at the maps. You do have to know what's going on. But the chances are you're going to have an amazing time, and this is not going to happen to you. Um, 
you got your insurance. So mm-hmm. if it does, Absolutely. you're going to get yourself out. You're going you're to have closed circle. You're going to have gone to insure my trip. And so you're going to be in great shape. But let's talk about some of the destinations that are in the path and where you do need to pay attention. But let's talk about what's great about them for a little bit. So let's talk about Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico, number one, was affected last year. And again, this is a, a an unusual event. It doesn't happen every year, but it did happen last year to Puerto Rico. And also because the three of you have all been there within the last in the last six know, months, weeks or something. Yeah, in, in the last year since the yeah. hurricanes, all three of us have been there. And I'm going next month and again. There you go. And there's, there's good I news. would go next month if I could. So, yeah. I I mean, here's the thing. Part of why I actually went over, and I think I mentioned it on either this podcast or our Women Who Travel podcast, but I went over... <laughs> so many podcasts. So many podcasts. <laughs> that little time. <laughs> but um, a lot of the same great people. No, but it... I not, no, 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 no. None of you, not actually. None people. of you. That's we are true. not That's allowed true. on the Women Who Travel podcast. Um, but part of the reason I went is after hearing about life after the hurricanes and you know, how not only was there a lot of destruction immediately after, but after three months, you know, people, the loans ended, people had to return to normal mm-hmm. life, but there were no tourists, which many people depend, their, you know, their lives revolve around supporting tourism. Um, their incomes come from tourism. And people wanted to be able to go back to their routine. Like I spoke to family friends and people I didn't even know who were down in Puerto Rico and they just wanted to have routine back. They want real life back. Yeah, and that is a lot of that comes around supporting tourism and having your restaurant be full of people, whether it's locals or tourists or usually both. And so I rallied my entire family to go for the 4th of July down to Puerto Rico. We went down there and I, you know, we kind of tempered our expectations. We didn't know it would be open. I'd been told by a lot of people, everything's back, but you know, we were ready to see. We had an incredible time in July. From New York, I paid about less than $300. My round trip, one of, right? Round trip. One yeah. of my sisters came from Denver and paid maybe $100 more. My mom came from LA, same thing, maybe $400. This is for 4th of July weekend. Yeah. We stayed in old San Juan in a beautiful old colorful home and went around to beaches every single day. We had incredible food. Everything was open that we could possibly want. I mean, the only thing that was still recovering was the rainforest where they're clearing like giant trees that have fallen, which is totally fair. And everything else was back and it was lovely and people were so excited to have tourists there. And we had like an incredible time and I couldn't believe that other tourists were holding back from going. I will say the Dorado Beach, the Ritz Carlton Reserve isn't open yet. The Oh, the St. Regis Bah uh, Bahia That'll follow Beach. After that. That's that's not open yet. There are a couple of major hotels you might have heard of, which haven't quite come back. When I was uh, in the Caribbean in July, on my way to St. Kitts and Nevis, we transited through San Juan. We went for lunch at the Condado Vanderbilt, which was lovely. The airport, if you look, you can see there are bits of the airport that are clearly the exterior clearly has taken a beating from weather. The airport itself was functioning perfectly. The flights were perfect. And I think it's easy to assume Puerto Rico, it was devastated, but it's easy to assume it didn't bounce back fast because we heard so many stories of how poorly supported it was. But certainly in San Juan, you can get down there and really have a great break Mm -hmm. and not feel like you are trampling through a region that really needs aid rather than tourism. And I'd highly recommend Tradewind Aviation, a small company with 20 planes. Um, they fly to Nevis, St. Bart's, Anguilla, um, from no, San, San Juan. Out of San Juan. Mm. Eight-seater, very, very nice. You'll pay for it, but it's well, <laughs> financially, but it's a great service and it's seamless. David, it's what do you like easiest. in San Juan? Where would you stay? 
Uh, you see, I go further afield. <laughs> I like San Juan because it's a city. So yeah. staying in Condado, La Concha Renaissance Resort is a lovely property. The old El San Juan from the 1950s is about to reopen. Uh -huh. That's such a gangster mobster property. It's wonderful. And that property is actually partially has is partially yeah, open right partially now. Open. So uh, half of it, I guess you could say, it's, it's is open. The, They're taking reservations, and in October, the rest of their restaurants and spa yeah, will open. And one of the easiest ride-sharing cities I've been to. Yeah. Took you know three that's minutes to get point. a car. That's a good point. Really easy to get around. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a history. walkable city too. I did. I, I chunks. It. Yeah, chunks of it. Old yeah, San Juan, old definitely. San Juan well, and I, I, we rented a car, which you cannot park in Old San Juan no. if you don't live there. Don't make that mistake. We got a huge ticket. Um, <laughs> Just like Italy, you, your flight was cheap, but the I, ticket. Uh, kind of you know what? We divided by five. It's okay. But you, you know, you can easily rent a car and then go around to a lot of the other beaches that are outside San Juan if you, mm -hmm. like David, want to get out a little bit. But you can also walk everywhere in old san juan it's yeah, so easy yeah. and i think you know if you want to go further to islands like culebra and Vieques, i took the boat out there oh, exactly yes. you can take trade winds you can take a boat those areas are still recovering a bit but again considering that they had this massive devastation so recently with a really high death like death toll there's they've come back and i think it's you know it's important to remember what happened and not brush past that and I'm, i don't mean to be by saying it's all great let's go it's just given all of that the best thing you can do is to continue to support you know, Puerto Rico, and it's, I it's mean, going and... It's still Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, it's still and like going and like s being on beautiful beaches, eating giant pigs roasted on a spit, drinking rum, like if that's what I have to do to support somewhere, like that is that's not a bad <laughs> job. <laughs> so, that's not hardship. That's, yeah, that's like, oh, like okay, look man. at me going oh. down to Puerto Rico, so tough. Like, you know, it's... The best kind of, uh, you know, investment you can make. Of course. And then, you know, we all felt like, sure. wow, we could have just gone to some random beach in, at home uh, and there's a whole spectrum of, of, as well of, of spending and and engaging and participating i mean i spent 300 euros um on underwear in st bart's in june well, <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know this is a fancy family friend, podcast fancy french you underpants. ask the next question <laughs> <laughs> that's supporting the island <laughs> Uh, was that yeah? We're I gonna did. we're gonna just assume that that was David pretty, will tweet pretty out, amazing. Tweet out a picture of him in the underwear. Yeah. If yeah. he gets a hundred likes, how many hundred thousand likes? <laughs> what's what's the number? No, David. So where do yeah. you like to go? You said you like to go a little farther afield. I've like just I've been keeping a very very sharp eye on Simbart. It it was it too was really hurt badly um, by Irma, the first of the storms yeah. uh, in early September yeah. of last year. Obviously, it's a special kind of case island. It, it, it doesn't rely on France. It doesn't rely on Guadeloupe and Martinique. It relies on the deep pockets of its residents and, and tourists. So from everyone I talked to there, all the friends I know there, they got up the next morning, terrified out of their wits, and immediately started to rebuild. So every single major hotel will be open by Christmas. Of this which, year? Of this year. Five are already open. One is brand new. Um, What's open already? Uh, Le Bartholomew is about to open Manapani, Villa Marie, um, Eden Rock has done an amazing job. I really? Think they had, a, they had a mini storm that hit them right on Saint-Jean Beach there and nothing else. That was a strange thing about all of these storms is there were storms within storms. So even in San Juan, the Ritz-Carlton by the airport was gutted. But La Concha and Condado Van Vanderbilt, less than a mile away, or even the building next door was fine. Really, uh, and you could see it in El Yunque National Park. Driving by it, um, you could just see pockets on, along the plain that just were. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting. Away. I think it's interesting to remember. So also, that you can be in a storm and not be 
in the worst exactly. part of the storm. <laughs> That's and, what I'm trying to say. And also, I think it's interesting to remember, this is a region, although last year's double whammy of two very intense storms was somewhat unprecedented, this is a region that does know how to rebound mm -hmm. because this is a part of life. I think it's easy to forget that people who live there, of course they take hurricanes seriously, but when something bad happens, they don't think, well, I'll leave the island. You think... How do we rebuild from this? Yeah. Yes, the Barbudas of this world, some of the islands really are going to take a Dominica. longer time. Yeah. Dominica, which is you know poorer and therefore had less good infrastructure to begin with, will take longer to yeah. rebound. And what doesn't take long, and the favorite photos I saw in October of last year, the greenery, the tropical greenery, <laughs> right back up. I mean, it's just it, it, well, super yeah. fast. Yeah. Uh, Dominica relies a lot on hiking and nature tourism. Uh, St. John and the USVI, their national park, um, took another bad hit, but it's coming back. Um, so if you think you're going to go to a barren island with, with uh, leafless trees, <laughs> think again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we've talked about air travel. We've talked about insurance for that. What about cruising? Well, I mean, I can at least speak to the cruise in Puerto Rico, but something I found really interesting was, you know, cruising's huge. You see the cruise ships come in all the time to San Juan, which as a non-cruiser didn't impact my experience for all the other non-cruisers out there. But if you like to cruise, like, Puerto Rico is going to have more ships home-based in on the island this year than any year before. So that was already happening. This trend of more cruises coming to Puerto Rico was happening before the hurricane isn't getting derailed. Nope. There are more cruises. They've, they're adding new ports around the island. So we've been talking a lot about San Juan. But on the other side, you get Rincon, which is a surf spot. Um, you have those islands of Vieques and Culebra. They're adding new stops on these cruise routes that you can go to for the first time ever this year. So even though there was all this devastation and rebuilding that had to happen, like cruising is increasing. It's a great, I will say no. that cruising is a great way, if you're worried about the infrastructure, if you're nervous about stressing the infrastructure of an or island, being on land, yeah. you can arrive by cruise ship. I would just encourage people who cruise in the Caribbean, remember, you've got to spend money when you're on the island. Yeah. Don't just go and take a walk. Mm -hmm. Go and buy a nice lunch. Spend money, put some something back into the local economy because it is still taking the strain of the visitors. Mm -hmm. If you're worried about, about being stuck on one island, sure, the cruising is great, but just try and spend anywhere you get off the boat. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I would say. What is the practice on cruise ships when, for example, a hurricane starts to veer toward one of these destinations? And reroute, reroute, reroute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a couple of them last year didn't off the Carolina they coast. They were rescuing people, right? So I was going to oh. say, my friends, my friends. Oh. At my, my, hello, Adam. Hello, Justin. Hello, Ray. Hello, Matt. They spent four days stuck in St. Martin after the hurricane. And the local people really... They were astonished at how selfless the people who'd lost their own homes were for them. It was true. They were truly quite touched, but they weren't sure how they were ever going to get out. And it was an extraordinary moment when one of the Royal Caribbean ships mm -hmm. diverted to St. Martin. It had space on board because people had not made the uh, the ship because of course sure. there had been flight problems in Miami and in Fort Miami. Yep. so it had opened up and so the captain got permission to reroute the ship and I always remember Adam saying to me they obviously as young reasonably young reasonably fit men were fine but there were people who were had had really taken a lot of strain from the four days of being stuck in this scenario and the cruise director the sort of Julie the cruise director that figure <laughs> stood welcoming everyone on board saying things like don't worry, 
you're in my hands now, just relax. Everything's taken care of. Everything's taken care of. And one woman walked on and said, I'm so sorry, I don't have anything. I don't have my bags. I have the dress I'm standing in. And Julie, the cruise director, (laughs) said, all right, darling, sit down. I've got to check everyone in. But once we've checked everyone in, we're going to go shopping and I'm going to buy you some clothes. So you just relax. I mean, talk about service. That's amazing. And it was this amazing moment of the cruise ships did rescue them and they were treated with such kindness. And like regular passengers, they were told, go and have a drink on us. Just relax. You guys have been through a lot. And then they were given two or three days until they either called at Aruba or, or Curacao or they were going to go back to Puerto Rico wherever you could get a flight out and you could leave so the cruise ships did an amazing job yeah and I think they really deserve a, a kind of shout out because there was nothing in it for them yeah. other than yeah. doing the right thing yeah yep so human that's that's so human you think of these companies as big companies but at the end of the day that is mm-hmm. hospitality and oh, that is just a human thing that's really yeah. amazing um, so again, looking at places that might uh, potentially be in a path where you need to pay attention, but that are still really great places. What are some of the other ones? Low country islands. Everywhere from Amelia Island okay, to the northern... Okay, what does that mean? What is it? Yeah, that what means, does that, I mean, that mean? I've never heard that. Low country? It goes basically from Amelia Island in the northern part of the state of Florida all the way up to North Carolina. Okay. Um, and the Outer Banks. Oh, it's just a string of these very interesting. stunning, stunning islands. And you have everything from extremely family-friendly Hilton Head, uh, easy to get to through Savannah Airport, and then really high-end Jekyll Island, Kiawa, great golfing, yeah. uh, and uh, Palmetto Bluff, where you just ride about on bikes. Yeah. And sure, the, the East Coast it is is hot and steamy and, and but during the summer but September October it cools down a bit yes. I think it's what a lot of people especially from our Reader's Choice Survey results out in November um, has been telling us that people are looking to travel with a sense of peace with a sense of assurity with a sense of, of wellness they don't want to be pampered they don't want to show off as much as they might have in the past and these islands the whole ch- long uh, chain of them by the way there's an intracoastal waterway that you can yeah. go from Florida up to um, Rhode Island. You n- never Can open. you get all the way up what? to Rhode Island? That I didn't know. Never that hitting called? open sea. I knew up into the Carolinas. I didn't know it went all the way up. I didn't know, know it was up, up to Rhode, Rhode Island, Island either. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess because once you hit the end of uh, you hit Montauk and you're between Montauk and Block Island, you're you're suddenly in open sea. And you're at the state border of New York and Rhode Island, which people don't know exists. Yeah, did not know. <laughs> we do not have you on the podcast often <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I had like no idea David's that trivia hour <laughs> oh. has come with 10 things we I didn't just know kicked that jet lag right out the door <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I also think remember I think when we're thinking about islands the ABC islands super important mm. great Caribbean experience okay again what does that mean <laughs> Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao. Okay. The Dutch islands that mm-hmm. Megan was talking about earlier. Those islands, Trinidad and Tobago, also very southern. Did you, so, did you think that's what he meant by the Low Country Islands? <laughs> I was like, are they lower? Oh, or? I was in the Netherlands. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, sharp. The Low oh. Country Islands to the Low Countries Islands. Um, <laughs> well, the, hi- the highest point in the Netherlands, the kingdom of the Netherlands, is in the Caribbean. It's a king- I didn't. Is it still a kingdom? Oh, it is a kingdom. <laughs> it is a kingdom. Of course, yeah, it is. Yeah. A king and a queen. Queen's Day. Do they actually have a king. Yeah. Yeah. The highest. The highest point is is on the on island Saint of Saba. Oh, Saber. Okay, yeah. yeah. King Kong Island. But, it, but Megan was saying that I think that the southern part, that southern part is really worth remembering because you, although you are technically, it is technically possible a hurricane could hit it, 
it would be very, very, very mm. unlikely. Mm. And I, I think if you're if you need that winter sunbreak, but you're a nervous traveler, ABC Islands, mm -hmm. and there are flights, especially to Aruba, from almost any major yep. airport. Mm -hmm. it's, it takes a little longer to get there. Uh, Aruba is great for families and perfect beach. Bonaire for um, uh, diving, extraordinary diving, mm -hmm. and Curacao for. Uh, interestingly enough, shopping and nightlife. Well, really? And, and they have all the cute buildings that yeah, look like Amsterdam, 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 except they're buildings. in tropical yeah. bright colors. Who wouldn't want it's that? It's interesting, yeah. Well, and I'll go back to Barbados, but I think not only did they give us Rihanna, but like <laughs> it, if you're on the East Coast... You I can think get, that's enough. I mean, yeah. so Stop. great, let's all go. And, yeah. you know, yeah. something must be in the water. But um, it they haven't had a hurricane in like over 50 years. It's just skirted them every single time. You can go diving, and in the fall, there's um, some pretty good visibility for if you want to go for three days and get your padding diving certificate. You can go snorkeling. East there's Coast for surfing. Mm -hmm. There's great. Big there breaks. are great wrecks there. Like if you want to yeah. do wreck diving, um, you can also sit in a rum shop all day and hang out. Like there. Or go to a polo match. Or I'm they, glad you said that. I was getting worried that I would have to. <laughs> no, you don't have to actually <laughs> do anything. I love that you there. said that because <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to do, do anything. Any of that. That. <laughs> I just want to sit in a rum shop all day. Oh, I want to go, oh, go diving in the wrecks. But I'm not qualified okay. to do that. You can go that. diving in the racks. Brad and I will be in the shop. With like, <laughs> the I'll spot the bottom yeah. wrong yes, with you. Yes, of course. Um, but, and that's a short flight. And, it, like, if you look in September and October, flights from kind of New York, Miami, kind of these eastern hubs are, like, $300. But like, if So you fly book, into the eastern hub and then get a cheap flight yeah, down. Yeah, but right? you could, like, if I wanted to go in a week, that's what the price is. Yeah. And it's just consistently all throughout the next couple months. That's pretty great for a last-minute getaway. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. yeah. And then if we look at the middle chunk, we've got Martinique and Guadeloupe serviced by Norwegian Air from the East Coast nonstop, mm -hmm. very affordably. Yeah, very affordably. Um, right? And extremely French islands. They're, they're not heavily built up, uh, full of character. I'd, I'd pick Martinique over Guadeloupe. The Would rum's you? better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've yeah. always, I felt, I think, I think Guadeloupe can feel a little rough around the edges than Martinique is. And I like the history, you know, Martinique had a, a crazy volcanic eruption in the early 1900s. And I think there's really interesting history there in terms of a bit like Montserrat, but 100 years before, part of the island was kind of ossified and, and abandoned. So there's an interesting story behind it. I think Guadeloupe is a little rough around the edges. If you want to relax, I find myself able to to not keep all my beepers on much more in Martinique. Yeah. Well, and again, you're inching down towards the southern part of the archipelago. Um, they, they, the, the storms really hit the leewards? Yes. The leewards. <laughs> not the windwards, the leewards. Um, that, that I don't know what which that means. means. Yeah, which <laughs> means... Brad and I are not familiar with <laughs> any no. of this terminology. Oh, I know what that means. Leeward like and windward versus... It was all about your, ships coming across yes. the Atlantic and how what, what the route was that you would be able to okay, take. Okay, so the leeward side is which, <laughs> is which side? <laughs> Facing the, uh, big, the big Atlantic? Well, or? I think it's the opposite. The opposite. Okay, so I think windward should be, but it is not. Because when we're is pushing you hmm. away from the Just Caribbean and back to Europe, English accents don't don't think we know um, everything about British colonial. The Lee, the Lee means you what the stars are. I, I, will say, I will say, if you're going down to the Caribbean and you want to read something, one of the best nonfiction books I've ever read. <laughs> you're going to say James Michener. <laughs> no, was one of the best nonfiction books I've ever read was called The Sugar Barons, and it's about how the economy of the Caribbean, or rather the way that the British and the French ran the, their colonies in the Caribbean, powered funded Versailles, pa funded the British Empire. Boston. And, and quite, yes, the, but all the money, the money Wouldn't that was exist. made in the Caribbean but not spent there, but also the colonial holdovers and some of the families. It really gave me a sense of European colonization of the Caribbean, what was happening and 
how it all happened and the important islands. And I found it a really great perspective on the Caribbean today versus at the beginning of the European era. You were where Alexander Hamilton was born this summer. Yes. Nevis. Nevis. And speaking of Are Hamilton. some big party? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I guess that's in Megan. January, but whew, I was sleeping over here. Um, yeah, Puerto Rico, if you're looking for a reason to go, Hamilton is going to be in San Juan in January, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be starring in the cast again. Wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, book so those flight flights now. That would yeah. probably be cheaper yes. than getting <laughs> tickets to, in New York. Getting an Uber and then orchestra seats <laughs> yes. Yes, in New York. Well, yeah. It's, cheaper it's going to be at the University of San Juan. Yep. San Juan University, whatever it's properly called. But it's it just feels like a very, you know, he's obviously making it a priority to involve the community. Mm-hmm. And it like that would be such an incredible experience to have so book those flights immediately great tip so from here on out we need to have theater tips and book tips in every podcast (laughs) i think that's what's going to happen at the minimum yeah we can do that those were two fantastic tips are there any is there anything that we're not yet getting out to people that that they really ought to think about I was going to mention Bermuda because it's much more northern than all these other islands we're talking about. It is it in Hurricane Alley or whatever. Every like it's part of the. We're all in Hurricane Alley. It's not one of the places that usually gets hit. I have friends whose weddings was in Bermuda was disrupted by a hurricane, so I know it can hit. But it's really unusual. Yeah, it's unusual. It gets less than like the Atlantic seaboard on the U.S. Um, It gets more than Barbados, which never gets hurricanes. So, but it's lower risk, and. Again, it's you know what two and an hour and fifteen minute flight from sure. New York and Chicago. Flights are cheap, but now Bermuda. Okay, so Bermuda. So has those are a, all great. Those yes, are all great. Those are all good now, things. The reason I'm hesitant to say go to Bermuda is because last year they walked back the legalization of gay marriage. The only which, country in the world to do it. The only country in the world to do it, which is just ridiculous. On I mean, for so many reasons. But when that came out, a lot of people wanted to boycott Bermuda. So that was the thing. We were boycotting Bermuda. We weren't going. And then some people started looking into it more and actually going to Bermuda and asking people about it. Mark, were, did you go to Bermuda? Am I confused? I, I have been to Bermuda beforehand, but I okay. will, I'll give my own plug in a second. Finish okay. it all. But I, and I think a lot of people started asking the question, well, okay, we don't agree with the politics, but by boycotting Bermuda, are we hurting or helping the people who actually work in the service industry and in tourism, including members of the LGBTQ community, and is that a good thing? And what I've been told by people who've looked into it and spoken to people who live in Bermuda is it's more hurtful to boycott it. So, Mark, are you... Well, you, what I was going to say is you can you can listen to another episode of Travelogue where I deputize for Brad, which is to talk about LGBTQ travel and how LGBTQ travelers should use their dollars, which is an interesting question in the Caribbean because there are different levels of welcome in certain cultures. I will say Bermuda, I believe, has walked back its walk back. Yes, so it did. Yeah. It, it, its outlawing of same-sex marriage was then outlawed. But there are really interesting questions as to how, and I think it's up to everyone subjectively, what you prefer to do or believe is more effective. Whether you think economic pressure makes everyday people realize that that decision affects real people or whether you think that going and spending money and showing as an LGBTQ traveler that you're nothing to be othered is the better way to change things. I think that's a really tough call because in, I, I think of the case of North Carolina, right, where a bunch of businesses, uh, you, you know, took a, took a stand in r- regard to the, the bathroom issue. And the same thing happened in Bermuda and then Bermuda eventually walked it back. So to some extent... 
one wonders, and I suppose it's hard to trace these things, what effect the boycott or the threat of the boycott or the, the businesses that refuse to actually participate in those economies when once the, the, the policies that they disagreed with happened versus going there and actually spending money and contributing to the economy. And, and the fashion know, in which you do it, there there's a couple of very distinctive ways of traveling to the Caribbean. For instance, Jamaica is not terribly friendly to the community. Um, St. Lucia as well, they have some problems. In Jamaica, however, and, and the DR, a majority of, of hotels and resorts there are all-inclusive. In gated communities, you are very safe. And there are some brands that are friendlier than others. But you're not out there interacting. You're not driving a rental car. You're not hanging out at nightclubs. You're not in any of the major cities. So it's a perfectly safe place to be. Probably so safer. Gonna, I'm not going to rehash this. I'm just going to plug my the episode we did. Yeah. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Andy Baragani, who yeah. all joined us yeah. to talk about exactly this. And I think what cross-referencing when we're talking about the Caribbean, if you yeah. are an LGBTQ traveler or someone who considers that aspect of travel important to you yeah. for any reason, I would encourage you to listen to that episode because we do talk about all the things we're talking about in, yeah. in a great deal of depth. Yes. It's a great episode. And again, I think at least based on my listening to that episode, which, you know, I was a spectator in that case. Did I do okay, Brad? No, you did great. I mean, and and, and it, it's a terrific discussion. It's one that we've had in different, you know, I think... Mark it, guest hosted for context. Yeah, Mark guest hosted. But but we've also had that conversation about um, in, in terms of like political disagreements yes. and, 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 and political issues, right? Yeah. It, the, and I think it applies to or at least personally, I think it applies to travelers who are not just members of the class that, you know, I think this is important for travelers of conscience, I suppose, which is what we called it, I think, um, to think about because you're contributing, you're, the decision you're making is how am I going to spend my money and what is, what is the outcome that's going to happen of the way that I spend my money and is spending money endorsing something and mm-hmm. Or enabling if, it. Or enabling. And if so, what am I endorsing? What am I enabling? We have some more episodes that tackle those topics about ethical travel and how your dollars or pounds or whatever you're spending can impact a destination one way or another. So if you're interested in that topic, kind of scroll back through our archive because we've we've tackled that in lots of different ways. Yeah, yeah we have. Um, okay, any parting thoughts other than it sounds to me... Like, everybody should be planning a trip to the Caribbean. That is the main thought. Go to the Caribbean. Go to Puerto Rico. Go to St. Bart's. Go to islands that could you need your tourist dollars and have a great time. Well, it's good for it's good because they need your tourist dollars, and that is the best way to actually contribute to these. But they're also mm-hmm. amazing places. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's just, great, you can be self-interested about exactly. this, right? You don't have to feel – it's not bleeding heart time. Like, you're going to hang out on a beach. You're going to be in an amazing place. If you go to Puerto Rico and you go to San Juan, you're going to – that is a beautiful, amazing historic city, and you're going to have a great time. And also, if, if you're really keen to go, do it. make it a multi-island trip. It's it's I've been the the um the tourist conventions I've been to this year. This is what everyone's encouraging, um, and it also gives you a sense of adventure. And it's always like you're out chasing. Well, you can Any, go, <laughs> anything. The you can go to France. Well. You can go to uh, the, the Netherlands. You can mm-hmm. go to the United States. You Spain. can go to Britain, Spain. You can go to Italy. The south coast of Antigua is <gasps> full of Italians. <gasps> yes, it is. Around English Harbour. <laughs> yes, they're really that, good at uh, pasta all restaurants. Travel yeah. plans all this year. <laughs> it is and, all Italian. And St. Bart's the, was uh, Swedish like? for 100 plus years. Look at that. What? They're only See, Swedish outposts. Ever, why aren't we all in the Caribbean now? What are we doing here? Thank you, Megan. I agree. What are we doing here? Podcast. 
podcast on location. <laughs> That's Ooh. a cue. Cue, oh. cue, the, cue the steel drums. <laughs> okay. Thanks, you guys, for coming by and, and talking about this stuff. I think that was super informative. Um, get yourselves down to the Caribbean. Be conscientious about how you do it. Pay attention to the weather. That's just mm-hmm. good travel. Common and get, sense. Get yep. your insurance. Which you should do anyway. Yeah, you should always. be doing that anyway. Insuremytrip.com. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's terrific. That's terrific. Okay. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. Visit us at cntraveler.com, where David keeps an up-to-date list of reopenings in the Caribbean. He's giving constant status updates. So if you have a question about a particular hotel or resort, um, you can check that out there. I have a note in here to wish Lale a happy 45th birthday. I, I, that's apropos of the Women Who Travel podcast. I, I, what? No, we it's don't, a no, joke. Wait. It's a running joke. <laughs> okay. okay. We are also at Condé Nast Traveler on Facebook and YouTube and CN Traveler on Instagram and Twitter. Please do tweet at us. What is your favorite Caribbean destination? And when do you like to go? And where do you like to eat? Mm -hmm. And where do you like to swim or snorkel or dive or whatever it is that you like to do? Um, Send us feedback and review us on iTunes. Mark, where can people get in touch with you? People can get in touch with me on Twitter at Mark J. Elwood. Tell us about that that question Brad had about hurricanes in Hawaii because I thought exactly the same thing. (laughs) Please rate and review us. It really helps people find us. Thank you to Shannon Easter, 1989, who gave us the five-star review. And said, "Keep up the good work, guys." I would blush if I had any shame. Oh, but wow. <laughs> thank you, uh, and please, we we love hearing from you. The more feedback we get, the better. Yeah, yeah. David, oh, send me a postcard to One World Trade Center. Twenty seven. Every time he does this, I love it. Make it a nice postcard too. Sure, I collect them. Have you or got the a, kitschy have you ones? I like those ones that I come get in. Tons. Has, have people? Have, I want listeners. I, I, I hope people have rallied around this and are actually listening. Have to you it. have you seen the postcard that's on my desk? It's a manatee, and it says, "Just hang out here with the beautiful people in Florida." I got that from PJ's desk. <laughs> <laughs> from the podcast, from okay. a podcast listener. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Megan, what about you? At Spirelli. My last name with a Y. Excellent, excellent. And I'm at Brad Rick. Have a great weekend, everybody. 